0: Welcome back to the FFP. Today, me and Rob are going to be breaking down for you guys our top 20 quarterbacks in our 1.0 quarterback rankings video. Rankings are going to be updated every week on our website, so you can check that out um, but we do like to post the videos and talk a little bit about it and just have some fun conversation. And then in a few months, we'll do a 2.0 as we get closer to the season and more people are getting into that fantasy mode, but didn't really want to wait till then. I've been having a lot of fun, just nerding out and looking at some stats. And one of the reasons I think it's been so fun to evaluate these quarterbacks this off season is... It's a really weird time to evaluate quarterbacks. Not only do we have this crazy last year where there's barely an offseason, things are a chaotic mess. And so I feel like that honestly kind of skewed some stats a little bit. I'll talk about that later, um, both on the offense and defensive side of the ball. But we also go into a season where they're going to be playing an extra game. So I think there's a lot of things going on here where I was just having a lot of fun looking into some numbers. So that's what we're going to be doing today is basically telling you guys, uh, I guess all the basic information that you need to know about these guys, what tiers they're in most importantly, and where they're ranked. But uh, Rob, I'll pass it to you real quick for anything you want to say before we get started.
1: Yeah, you know, one, it's uh, it's really early uh, as we're looking at this early ranking. It's a really tenuous position right now. There's a lot of information out there that really we need to see as it gets closer to the start of the season to evaluate mm-hmm. this. Uh, for example, you know, Aaron Rodgers, where is he going to be right now? Uh, OTAs have started. He hasn't um, shown up yet. We got Watson, obviously, he's got legal battles going on. He's demanding a trade. Or, or for example, even Julio Jones, obviously if they trade him and there's strong, strong speculation that's going to happen, you know, that affects, uh, you know, Matt Ryan's value. And so there's just so much out there. Uh, Before we get into this, I do want to say this one. So as you know, we took a a strategical pause for one year to work on some things to get the channel where we felt we needed to be to help you guys and sort of you guys the best Um, With that said, man, I'm excited to be back recording videos again. And we want to get the momentum back that we had two years ago. And you can help with that. And here's how you can do that click subscribe, notifications, like, share, you know, help get the word out there, get involved. We love when you guys do that. So that can be a huge help to us. And then one final thing before we get into our rankings today, I think this is really important. You got to get your philosophies right for fantasy football. Okay. I think to win a championship, you need to have quality to every position. It's hard to win uh, a fantasy Super Bowl or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. without having quality to every position. But I think far too many people, Really spend too much money, to take the quarterback too early, they stretch themselves too much, and they make a huge mistake. And so, we've talked about this often here how important it is to really wait on a quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. That's fundamentally important. I know a few years ago we actually broke it down in a video, did some grass metrics, stuff like that. Just showed you like this is the one position where you know what you can stream from week to week. You can find some later draft um, steals that are vitally important. Now, some people would point to, for example, the year that Pat Mahomes has 50 touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, what they found was a lot of people in the championship game actually had him on their roster. Would seem to verify the fact that, well, obviously, you know, a guy like that can carry you to the championship. But I think what you're missing there, and this is key, is yeah, obviously his numbers helped you. He was very successful that year, but it was the fact that he was taken in the ninth round. That was his average draft position. So those people not only got Pat Mahomes, 50 touchdown passes, but in the first and second and third rounds, they able to show up their team by grabbing quality players. It happens every year. A guy will come out of there. A couple guys will come out of that you can grab later on. Often go undrafted. And so don't. Press too hard to take a quarterback early. Absolutely. Every year there's a guy that comes out of
0: nowhere. And I mean that look at the phenomenal season that Lamar Jackson had the year before he threw just six passing touchdowns. And what was kind of everyone saying, he's clearly not an NFL ready quarterback. He clearly can't run an offense. And then boom, the next year, he's like MVP level. Same thing with Pat Mahomes, where he was on the bench and sure people thought he was good, but nobody knew he was that good. Carson Wentz comes from a mediocre rookie season to just explode. And Heck, it's not even taking one year now. We got Justin Herbert, who, despite not starting one game, wasn't even supposed to start the second game if it weren't for one guy gave Tyrod Taylor a bad injection and punctured his lung. We wouldn't have even seen Justin Herbert, who happened to set the record for most passing touchdowns by a rookie with 31, by the way. I mean, it was just really crazy the last couple of seasons to see how quarterbacks have come out of nowhere to produce early and often in their NFL career. So there certainly are a lot of options, and not just a lot of options every year that are popping up, but, and I talked about this in our last video, our um, How to Find or What Makes an Elite Fantasy Quarterback video, and that is that if you go from the quarterback one to the quarterback 12, you get a 25% drop-off in fantasy points. And while 25% sounds like a lot, if you head over to the running back position and go from RB1 to RB12, it's actually a 50% drop-off. It's right just around 50. And if you go to the tight end position, I think it's like a 65%. Like it's way up there. There's way more retention in fantasy points as you wait in the draft at the quarterback position than any other position. But now that we've had some... uh, philosophy talk let's get right into our players and start discussing these guys uh, you know who's going to kick off our tier one so our number one guy has got to be you know starting us off pat mahomes and this was actually a really difficult pick for me there were a lot of phenomenal options i mean when i first started looking at our rankings my immediate thought was how could it not be josh allen right or how could it not be a young and developing guy with stud weapons and huge mobility and kyler murray Or how about the guy who was on pace to finish number one last year, Dak Prescott, before he got hurt? Like, uh, I'm just going to say this right now, Pat Mahomes is not number one because the guys below him are bad. That is not the case. And I want to say that because we're going to get some of those guys later, but uh, he's just that good. I mean that. We look at it. His 378 fantasy points last year was 25 fantasy points a game, and he actually finished sixth. However, the interesting thing is he played just 15 games. Had he played that 16th game, he would have finished second. Boom, he would have been right there furthermore he was not a guy who did it by pure volume. It's not like when Jameis Winston hit the 30-touchdown mark because he was throwing interceptions and things like that. He actually had six interceptions, which was just one more than Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers threw 100 less passes than him. So he was incredibly efficient, and obviously you guys know that. We already know how good Patton Holmes is. He's in the perfect system with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Even Clyde Hilaire Edwards is, you know, was pretty productive out of the backfield last year. Certainly not. Quite you know, Alvin Kamara, but it's really hard to argue it. But I'm going to say there's one thing for me, hands down, above all the other stats that puts Pat Mahomes number one on my list, and that is I took a look at his toughest four games last year, games against the toughest defenses that he played. Here's what he averaged: three, or yeah, excuse me, 373 passing yards, 3.25 touchdowns, with an 80% adjusted completion percentage, and an average of 32 fantasy points. And that's a good, good defenses. In fact, if I have Pat Mahomes on my fantasy roster, do you know what my biggest fear is?
1: Blowouts, I assume.
0: Blowouts, easy matchups. That's my biggest fear is when he plays the Jets. Honestly, he could play the toughest defense in the NFL. I don't care if he's going up against Baltimore or San Francisco or it doesn't matter who, he could be going up against the 85 Bears. Let's be honest, he's going to get his, he's going to get his numbers and he's just, he's really that good. I, I have no concerns for him whatsoever. I think he's got to go number one. Um, Maybe one more other thought there is coming off of last season, I think we saw mobile quarterbacks really produce. They really stepped up. I think part of that comes to that crazy offseason where defenses didn't have as much time to prepare. Um, We see that pretty evidently in that 10 quarterbacks scored at least 340 fantasy points last season. The year before, just two quarterbacks did that. So, an extra eight guys did that. That's five times as many QBs. And I think that was a huge result in mobile quarterbacks being able to produce more because defenses didn't have the offseason to work together and scheme against them. That's why guys suddenly exploded. Like Cam Newton, who couldn't throw the football to save his life, managed 12 rushing touchdowns and was really his saving grace. Uh, Was it Kyler Murray had like 11? You got Josh Allen finished with, I can't even remember, but so many guys had so many rushing touchdowns. In fact, even Tannehill, I think, had seven rushing touchdowns. So it was just a year where quarterbacks were just taking advantage of unprepared defenses, but... Anyways, that's Pat Mahomes.
1: Rob, who do you got for number two? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, to wrap up Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to talk about Josh Allen in a second. We're going to talk about the next, what, maybe four or five guys, and you mentioned it already. You know, you really don't need to overthink this, okay? Pat Mahomes is a stud. The guy's phenomenal, and so many other guys after this. So you don't need to get all these nuances and metric Mm -hmm. breakdowns. I mean, they're just simply good, and you can just trust these guys. With that said, once again, we want to caution you. There'll be that guy in your league that's going to get excited in the first round and love Pat Mahomes, love the name recognition, and grab him. You may want to wait. I got Josh Allen. Uh, That's the guy that I've got right now. And, you know, I think he had to surprise a lot of people. I think people thought he would evolve and get better, obviously. But did we think he was going to get that much better? Did you? No, I didn't. Total honesty right there. I, I was a
0: shocker last year, and it was kind of a happy surprise, fun to watch.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when he came in the league, I really viewed him in many ways as like an athlete first, quarterback second. Um, but that has and is changing all the time. Yes, he's very athletic, and he's dangerous with his legs. But coming to the league, a lot of experts really worried about him, uh, had concerns with his accuracy. You know, and even if you watched last year, the guy had a phenomenal year, but he did miss some really easy throws. Um, if you watch a couple games, I remember one, a guy was wide open in the end zone. I mean, the guy was about 20-year pass and just threw way over his head. Um, but you're going to get that with him. Uh, so accuracy has been an issue. Um, last year, he did miss some easy throws, but he's worked really hard on improving his accuracy. In fact, if you look at his completion percentage as a rookie, it was at 52%. Last year, he finished at 69% completion percentage. That's excellent. That's a okay. huge jump up. It is huge. He's been fourth in the league behind greats like Rodgers, Breeze, and Watson. So, uh, obviously, he's made huge strides in that area. Now, I said he could be inconsistent. If you look at it last year, he had 10 games where he averaged quarterback rating of 126. 10 games, that's phenomenal. But another nine games where his quarterback rating was 79. So, there's some inconsistency there. But that's actually not uncommon for a younger quarterback. This, remember, this guy's still really a, a baby as far as in that position for that age. He's young in the league. Now, last year, uh, once again, to highlight his uh, inconsistencies a little bit, he finished uh, number one with nine top five weekly finishes, but then he tied Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins for seventh with only nine top twelve weekly finishes. And I think you dug that stat out, mm-hmm. and so it shows once again he did have some inconsistencies. Um, but forget his deficiencies; this guy has huge upside, mm-hmm. and his strengths far away his weaknesses. One, he's got an extremely strong arm. He's improved his quarterback rating, his passing yards, completion percentage, and touchdown passes every subsequent year from his rookie year. Uh, we talked about a strong arm, but I think for me, if I look at what I like with this guy, probably his greatest attribute is the fact that he's a strong competitor. This guy loves to compete and play the game. He's mm-hmm. big at six foot five, 240. He doesn't shy away from contact, which as a quarterback is good and bad. You know, I love the competitive nature, although I'm sure the coaches are just saying, hey, you know what, sometimes it's best to step out of bounds. We don't want to get you hurt. But you know, once again, that's what makes him such a great competitor.
0: Well, if you're Buffalo, I think they were bad for long enough that they're just happy to have a quarterback who wants to win. But, (laughs) yeah, in reality, it's like, what do you say about this guy? Strong arm, great mobility, great legs. He's throw first. He's not too run heavy. And, oh, yeah, his accuracy is getting better. And you haven't even talked about it. I'm sure you're going to get to it, but, man, just got
1: Stephon Diggs, and that seemed to work out pretty good for that offense. He did, yeah. You know, so going back to his legs, he's got you know 25 rushing touchdowns in 44 games, and so what his legs do is even if he struggles throwing the ball, let's here Let's say he regresses a little bit, and that's possible, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, his legs, his ability to run the ball, gives him what I call a safe floor and provide big upside. In fact, uh, the fact he can rush for touchdowns that he does quite often make him almost what I would call matchup proof, mm-hmm. uh, honestly. Now, a lot of quarterback success is really just tied into their weapons, and you know what, he has very solid weapons. They added Emmanuel Sanders. I like that addition this year. You know, Emmanuel's probably not the player he was years ago, but I think he's a quality vet there. Mm -hmm. And they had a huge upgrade in Stephon Diggs last year, which is kind of bittersweet as a Vikings fan because he left us, went to Buffalo, had an amazing year. With that said, though, we got, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson, and so I'll take him for the future. But, man, Stephon Diggs was lights out last year there. And then Cole Beasley had a career year, and he's a really nice complement to those other two wide receivers. Now, um, obviously, this guy's going to be a darling pick by a lot of people, obviously a great pick, but like I said, Again, um, don't overpay. Don't overreach simply because that position is loaded. But, yeah, this guy is really talented. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this is a tangent, but now that I'm thinking about it, would you rather have Stefan Diggs or Justin Jefferson? That's something we got to talk about when we get to our wide receivers. We will That's an interesting have that, conversation. But, uh, I'm leaning towards Justin Jefferson, maybe simply because he's a couple years younger, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? i got so many thoughts. We're going to leave that be because we got to stick to the quarterbacks. But, absolutely, let's talk about our next guy. All right, now I think we got to put Dak Prescott here. And for those of you who are not Dallas Cowboys fans, I want you to stop and listen to this argument because it seems like uh, you're either a Cowboys fan and Dak Prescott is the greatest quarterback who ever lived, there's no arguing it, or you don't like the Cowboys and you think that he's overrated. But I'm not here to talk about what type of quarterback he is. I want to talk about his fantasy value because the stats and the numbers are there. Whether or not you think he's good or not, you can't argue it. Through the first four games, he scored 127 fantasy points that led all quarterbacks and put him on pace to finish with 427 on the season which also would have him had him finishing number one ahead of you know rogers who threw 48 touchdowns he would have been way up there above all those guys even josh allen he would have been the number one quarterback he was great not to mention he was averaging 422 yards a game that put him on pace for a pretty much impossible 6760 passing yards um He was a volume guy. He was very productive. Granted, some of that was down to the terrible Dallas defense, but looking at this offseason, I don't think their defense got so much better. I have a feeling that we're going to be able to trust that that defense is going to suck again, and (laughs) that's going to help him put up some big games again. Um, Another thing being, we talk about mobility. He was another very underrated mobile quarterback. He had three rushing touchdowns in four games to start the year. I mean, That's how phenomenal he was, adding that on the ground. He just found the end zone, and he produced... Quite a bit. But honestly, I don't think any of the stats are really why I think that he uh, should be here in these rankings. And for me, it comes down to his weapons. You look at Amari Cooper, that is a stud wide receiver one. I mean, if you're, you know, we talk about dependable wide receivers to put in that lineup and produce if you need them for one game. Like, Cooper is up there in that top 10 talent for sure. But let's not even forget CeeDee Lamb, who finished as a fantasy wide receiver two last season. He was shockingly productive, and he produced very well. Michael Gallup is your wide receiver three. That's a really good wide receiver three. In fact, all of those guys averaged a passer rating generated of 101.6 combined. The crazy thing about that stat being, it includes games when Andy Dalton was under center, and Andy Dalton was absolutely awful last year. So yeah, I think all those guys have proven that they're more than productive, especially when Dak Prescott is out there. And oh yeah, there's one more thing that I forgot to talk about that adds value, and that's Zeke Elliott. One, you've got a solid running game that is going to keep defenses honest, and that is key to having a consistent passing game from week to week. Uh, but also, he is a seriously underrated pass-catching running back. He has been getting better and better at it pretty much every season that he's been in the NFL. And last year, in the four full games that Zeke and Dak played together, Dak had 23 uh, completed passes to Zekia Elliott. That means Zeke had the second most catches behind Alvin Kamara. Who would have thought that he would have been right up there with Alvin Kamara as one of those guys to be right in that category? But I'm just say it right now. Uh, one of the top, probably top three passing weapons, you know, as far as receiving corps and running backs and guys to throw to, I mean, Dak Prescott's got places to put the ball. And he's able to put it in there and he's able to get those, you know, use a little bit of mobility, run into the end zone, I just... Where do you stop this guy with all those weapons and his ability to run? It's kind of a scary offense to go against. But, uh, Rob, I feel like you look like you're going to have something to say.
1: Well, no, you know, on I had a smile a little bit. You talked about his mobility. And earlier with uh, Josh Anna said you know he doesn't shy away from contact, uh, which is good and bad. And, you know, <laughs> he is mobile, but that ultimately was uh, what caused him to have that terrible injury last year. Uh, I love the guy. I love Dak Prescott. He's in a great position. I think you're right. That defense didn't improve significantly. I think they're gonna give a lot of points. The volume is gonna be there. The only thing you need to really monitor, and we'll continue to monitor as we get into you know June, mm-hmm. July, and August is his health. But right now it sounds like our reports are that he's recovering and should be ready to go. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. No concerns there from, from my perspective. But uh, Rob, who do you got next? So you know the guy I got next is Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's pretty crazy, honestly, to be sitting here. What have we talked about? Three guys already, Aaron Rodgers wins MVP, throws 48 passing touchdowns last year, and he comes in at number four in our fantasy. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not Aaron Rodgers. He is phenomenal. But there's certainly some things to talk about, so Rob, take it away.
1: Yeah, first of all, I want to talk about how fickle we are um, all the time. We always have the newest, greatest thing and how quickly we forget. You know, um, many people the year before um, started talking about this, the beginning of his downslide, you know, it was an off year. And I love how they called it an off year. 26 touchdown passes to only four interceptions. That's an excellent season for any other quarterback in the NFL. And what it does actually shows us how high he set the bar and our expectations for him. Mm-hmm. When he goes out and he does that, and we're like, man, he had a really bad year. So this is this it for him? Now, whatever you may think of him personally, sounds like he can be a tough teammate to have. Maybe he's a little bit of prima donna. Um, and yes, there is speculation right now. Um, his situation in Green Bay is tenuous. We mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen there. Um, as of today, as I reported to OTAs, I mentioned that earlier. And there's a lot of speculation about him being traded. Um, with that said, no respectable person can deny he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, right? Mm. And I'm a Vikings fan, so naturally it's, we're supposed to hate Packer fans. But you know what? Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback. Um, there's so many things I like about this guy. One, um, his touchdown interception ratio is always phenomenal. He's extremely efficient, okay, year in and year out. Uh, last year had a quarterback rating of 121, okay? And in 2011 he had a, a record-setting quarterback rating of 122. That means the single-season records, he's got number one and number two. Um, just phenomenal years there in fact if you look at it his lifetime quarterback ran is 103.9 that's second only to Mahomes um, and I believe Watson mm-hmm. uh, with that said those guys have a much more resume and so you know honestly I, I really gotta think at this point you still got to call Aaron Rodgers number one guy there because we'll see how the guy's career go although I love Pat Mahomes okay mm-hmm. um, but the guy's phenomenal his quarterback ran over 100 it used to be a big deal if your quarterback like broke that one season and he's done it for his lifetime um, in 13 seasons, the starting quarterback only twice has he had double-digit interceptions. Now, last year, uh, you looked at this, and I think you brought this stat out, but Aaron Rodgers, 9% of his attempts were completed for touchdowns, 9%. Um, that's really efficient, but it's probably um, difficult to expect him to repeat that. You compare that to, uh, you know, Tom Brady, who 6% of his attempts were for touchdowns, so that number's probably going to go down a little bit. But, you know, he had such a good year that if it drops down to to the mid-upper 30s, you know, uh, maybe even low 40s, it's still a very good year. Mm-hmm. Um so this, I'm going to talk about something I think that's good and bad. Uh, he's got Devontae Adams. This guy was phenomenal last year. 115 catches, 18 touchdowns. He led the league with 584 yards after the catch. Obviously, he's a great uh, wide receiver. You know, He averaged 2.96 yards per route. Uh, that was number one by a landslide compared to other uh, wide receivers. And this was only in 13 games he did all this. Now, I don't see a regression from Devontae Adams. I think he's the real deal. But I also think that, you know what, sometimes you can set the bar so high, you have to expect the numbers to come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, can Devonta Adams repeat that again? Um, that's going to be hard um, for even a greatest wide receiver of all time to do that. So he might come down number-wise. I think what that highlights for you and I, and we talked about it quite often, is that he really needs some other weapons to be developed around him. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's the bottom line. He could use a, a better supporting cast, but he doesn't have a bad supporting cast. I like al Lazard's upside. Mm-hmm. I think that guy's got a lot of upside. He showed potential last year. Robert Tanya, um, you know, I always get that name wrong. But uh, anyways, you know, he trained in the offseason with George Kittle. Mm-hmm. And he came in, and he really came to his own last year and had a great year. And so uh, so I think they give him some nice compliments there. And then another one is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has actually shown he can be dangerous in the passing route. So he's got some weapons around him. I think it would be good for him to maybe develop another wide receiver there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this guy is so phenomenally good. Um, now... Here's what's beautiful about this. Once again, reinforcing what we've been saying the whole time is last year he had this phenomenal year, right? 48 touchdown passes, MVP, number one in the league. Okay. His average draft position last year was 11. Meaning that he was almost he was almost below what I would call the, the 12-man Mendoza line. And when I say 12-man, what I mean by that is in leagues, the average league size is 12 teams. Mm-hmm. So that means he was almost out of being a starting quarterback drafted, and yet he finished third in quarterback points in fantasy behind Mahomes, Wilson, Watson, I'm sorry, fourth. Um, So he had a, he had a great year, obviously. Um, but year to year, once again, reminded us why there's so many good quarterbacks out there, but you don't have to take them too early. But yeah, what's, what's to say about Aaron Rodgers?
0: Well, what's to say, um, think about the entire career of Aaron Rodgers. At one point we thought that James Jones and Randall Cobb were great wide receivers, um, That's how good Aaron Rodgers is. That's not how good they were. And just He's one of those quarterbacks, and I can honestly only think of a handful of guys that I will ever say this about, and he's one of them, and that is, he is so good, I don't care where you put him, he will produce, he will win games, he will put up fantasy points, and he will make guys look good, even if they suck. In fact, you know what, right now, if Canada wanted a NFL team and they picked a bunch of, like, grocery beggars from Super One or Walmart or whatever, like i trust Aaron Rodgers if he went to that team and started throwing the ball. He's just going to win because that's what he does, and he's going to throw up a lot of yeah. points. So definitely, definitely deserves to be here, even with some of the offseason concerns
1: about where he may or may not be at. Yeah, I'm curious to see where he lands, but I think uh, I'm pretty certain he'll have stay in Green Bay this year. All right, so we just finished
0: up our Tier 1 quarterbacks, and it's time to get to our Tier 2 quarterbacks. And I think we got to start off with Kyler Murray. First thing I want to say is, many of you are probably a little outraged that he's not in our Tier 1, and I'll get to why in a second. There's a lot of time in this offseason. We will certainly be making a lot of adjustments in our rankings as we continue to evaluate the stats, um, but ultimately, I do want to say that it's not really a knock on him. Again, there's so much talent at the quarterback position, and there's no arguing. He's a very good quarterback, very productive quarterback, especially when you look at the running game took 132 carries which is third most among quarterbacks for 822 yards that was second and 11 rushing touchdowns it was also second I mean that right there one of the best dual threat mobile quarterbacks in the league so here's the question why is he not tier one why is he not higher heck I know some places are even ranking them ranking him as their tier as their number one overall tier one quarterback as the guy but I think there's some things for me that are a little bit of concern and one is he is much weaker in the passing game. He's a good quarterback, but for a guy who has DeAndre Hopkins, he didn't have quite as much productive production in the passing game as those other guys. Yes, he finished second in fantasy scoring, but he finished 13th in passing yards, 12th in passing touchdowns, 17th in adjusting completion percentage, and his just 7.1 uh, yards per attempt was 26th. So he's not getting a lot of yards on his average attempts. He's not getting as many touchdowns or yards as those other guys, and he's got a low completion percentage. There's definitely some concerns in the passing games. Here's the thing. When we talk about a Tier 1 quarterback, those are absolute phenomenal studs with no legitimate concerns. And when I look at 26th in yards per attempt, 17th in adjusting completion percentage, 12th in touchdowns, that to me is a legitimate concern. Not enough to say he's a bad quarterback. He's still a very good quarterback. But can you put a guy with those stats there, you know, with some of those other guys? Personally, I can't do it. And I think there is a further explanation and maybe one more thing to consider that makes me a little bit nervous. And that is, as I mentioned earlier, 10 quarterbacks scored at least 340 fantasy points last year. That is five times more than the year prior when just two quarterbacks did that. And when I look at the stats and I evaluate that, I see a lot of mobile quarterbacks who took advantage last year of unprepared defenses, and they scored a lot more fantasy points. Mobile quarterbacks took over the league, and I think that was because those defenses didn't have time to prepare for them. As we saw going later and later into the season, some of those guys didn't quite carry some of those stats throughout. So for me you know I wonder if our defense is going to be more prepared for his mobility this year do those insanely high 11 rushing touchdowns turn into 7 still a good number that's certainly a significant reduction. And if he does, you know, miss out on four or five rushing touchdowns, can he make up for that with an extra six or seven passing touchdowns? I, I'm not certain about that. So I just can't quite put him with, you know, the 48 touchdown MVP Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes, who has got the best weapons in the league and is insanely talented and has thrown
1: 50 or, you know,
0: Josh Allen. Like, I just can't quite do it. Not a knock on him, you know, just minor concern there.
1: Yeah, you know, when you look at uh, Kyler Murray. you know, I guess you're right. There's certainly concerns there. So what that would do is say he's got a lower uh, floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a guy who probably, uh, other than some of the other guys we mentioned, might actually have a higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to take some chances with him. So uh, like so many of the guys we said before, um, somebody will snatch him up probably pretty early. But he's uh, yeah. got a lot of ability there. So. Absolutely. Rob, who do you have next in our rankings? Oh, man, this one's tough. Uh, man, this is a high-risk, high-reward one, I guess. It's Tom Brady. Um, we have the GOAT. Right. And yeah, you know, let's just stop this, by the way. Let's stop the nonsense of trying to attach that name or that title to somebody else. I mean, the guy's the grace of all time, right? Okay. And I'm not saying that uh, I'm not a Patriots fan. I haven't been like a lifetime Brady fan, but there comes a point that you can't deny anymore. This guy is phenomenal. Um, Before we talk too good about Tom Brady,
0: this Patriots hat's from when I went to Boston. It's a souvenir from traveling. It has nothing to do with
1: Tom Brady. But... Fairweather fan. No, i just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, so anyways, Tom Brady, uh, there's no denying how good he is. I guess for him the question comes down to is how much gas left in the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be 44 this year. Okay, 44. And right now he's doing things at 44 that no other player has done at his age. Can he do it again? Um, okay, well, I'll tell you what I think. I think he can. Now, we did a video a couple years ago. And we did this real deep dive on Tom Brady, and basically what we looked at was um, his health and longevity in the league. You know, is this guy that could be productive later on? And what we found in this deep dive that we did, we highlight how fanatical this guy is about his health. Mm-hmm. Okay, he has a uh, he has a personal chef that uh, prepares all his meals, takes him on vacation with him, okay. He has a personal chef, like I said, takes him on his vacation. Even on vacation, he has a strict schedule he sticks to on vacation. That's not like much of a vacation. He wakes day. up and works out in the morning before I'm even up for work. Goes so, to bed at like 8 o'clock at night on his vacation, things like that. So this guy's fanatical about what he does. He schedules everything. He has an extremely radical diet, avoiding any foods or any exercise that will cause inflammation in his body. Uh, he doesn't really works out. He even does brain exercises to stay mentally sharp. Did you know that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Brain exercise so he can stay sharp. He said many times he wants to play till late in his 40s, and everything he's done is working towards that. Okay. Now, if you look at it, he had one year with a serious injury towards ACL. But otherwise, if you look at it, he's really avoided a lot of tremendous injuries and beating like other quarterbacks. You look at Brett Favre. Okay. He was such a competitor, but he took a lot of hard hits. Um, Tom Brady, for the most part, has avoided a lot of that. Okay. Um, now, let's be honest, uh, he's older. Yeah, he tore his ACL, but mobility was never his thing anyway. So it doesn't matter that he's losing mobility. I mean, he was never a mobile quarterback to begin with. He was a pocket passer. Yeah. You know, in fact, uh, you know, he's avoided a lot of damage. This week came out uh, Patriots' Matt didn't talked about him, and he said, how hard it is to sack Tom Brady. How quickly he gets rid of the ball is not afraid to throw it away. So this is guy's not going to take a lot of hits if he can help it. Um, so I look at the way he finished last year, and I think it shows he's got some gas in the tank. Now, last year, some people may wonder why he started slow. First two games might have scared some people. He had a quarterback rating of 79 combined, three touchdown to passes, three interceptions. Was it old age? Was it rust? What's going on? Um, possible, possible was his age going on there. But I'll tell you what I think. Uh, he's on a brand new team, okay, a new system to some extent, new players to work with to get the timing down, you know. And that's a hard transition for any players, especially a quarterback. And he lost a lot of that because of COVID. You know, you lost your OTAs, your training camps, and preseason time. And I think that put a lot of people back, especially at that key quarterback position. I think that explains why he started slow. But as the year went on, he got better and better. Now he's got a full season under the belt, working with those players in that same system. I think that's going to benefit him greatly going into this year. He got better as the year went on. At one point, he sat there near the end of the year. I think with four games left, he had 20 touchdown passes to 11 picks. A decent year, right? But he finished the year last four games, throwing 12 touchdown passes to only one interception. Now, some would say he's lost some arm strength. And, and I think he probably has lost a little arm strength, but probably not as much as you would think. On throws of twenty years, I'm sorry. On throws of twenty yards or longer, they he threw over 1,200 yards with 11 touchdowns and a passer rate of 108. And so you know, I'm, I think the arm strength is still enough for him. Say that get doesn't done. sound like the guy who struggles with arm strength mm-hmm.
0: at all. In fact, uh, sorry to, to interrupt you, no, but right. really, let's just look at it. The scary thing, and I mean scary legitimately, is how good can this Tampa Bay team be? Brady, that offense, and that team as a whole got better the second half of the season. They got better later into the playoffs like they actually like struggled against Washington and then absolutely crushed Green Bay and destroyed the Chiefs in the Super Bowl it was it's just funny to see that they continue to improve we do see steep drop-offs from players running backs do it from year to year and quarterbacks do it from year to year where they get old and boom suddenly they fall apart but there's always a key. There's always something the year before. They struggle late in the year. They have a bad injury. There's something that happens. There's always a little glimmer or sign. There was nothing. He was phenomenal last year, and he was getting better. So it, I don't know. I don't see anything to me that's a red flag
1: um, other than the fact that he is 44 years old. Yeah, so you mean that age is a concern. Here's why I would trust going with him again one more year, okay? Um, he's got the best wide receiver group in the league, hands down, in my opinion. Okay, um, Godwin is very, very good. He's a wide receiver one. In fact, uh, Mike Evans a couple years ago said, man, um, he could be the wide receiver one. You know, Mike Evans said he's, you know, essentially, you know, I think he's better than me. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike Evans, guy's phenomenal. And then, you know, Antonio Brown. I mean, this is guy's uh, probably a future Hall of Famer there. So he's got the best wide receivers. Even some of the wide receivers on bench they have have a huge upside. Mm-hmm. He's got good tight ends. you got Gronk, Howard, and Brait's. Um, and now actually this is a full season for Gronkowski because he took a year off and takes a while to get back into playing shape yeah you Mm -hmm. can work out in the gym it's not nearly the same as being on the field now you got Gronk and Antonio Brown on the team for an entire year in playing shape so I think they're going to come back better now um, how great his weapons are would offset any regression I think you could see now do I see 40 touchdown passes again probably not um, for a couple of reasons here's one they got a young defense that's improving and very very good I I don't think he'll need to throw the ball quite as much as he did last year because that defense is getting better he was second in the league in attempts. That's probably going to go down. And the other thing, he's only thrown up a touchdown passes twice his entire career. With that said, 30 to 32 touchdown passes is easily attainable with potential for slightly more if everything falls into place. There will be a regression at some point. Um, so like previous quarterbacks, I wouldn't take him early, but don't be afraid to roll with him this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, funny thing about that, going to the Super Bowl, uh, three guys caught touchdowns from Tom Brady. It was two to Gronk and one to Antonio Brown. There's not even the two best weapons that they've got. I, again, I just think that's absolutely crazy, but he deserves to be in this spot, guys. I wouldn't be worried about the age at all. Let's uh, move on to the other end of the spectrum. We got one of the oldest, most consistent quarterbacks we just talked about in Brady. Let's talk about Justin Herbert now. Justin Herbert has just completely uh, surprised me. I'm just going to say it. You know, I typically, and before the last couple of seasons, I like to stay away from rookie quarterbacks, though I've been adapting to this trend where guys are producing younger and younger in the league and in fact going into the season i didn't like justin herbert before last season but he had one good game and i'm so happy that i was honestly able to admit to myself i was wrong after one game because one good game i picked him up in two leagues and it was worth it you know in just 15 starts he had 31 passing touchdowns that is the record by a rookie and he wasn't even supposed to be the guy week one they they went tyrod taylor and then week two they were gonna go tyrod taylor until that whole thing happened. It was was quite a mess and he was super banged up. And honestly, he doesn't just set the record. He does it in 15 starts by four touchdowns. The production is there. He looks great. And why not? Honestly, I started looking at it and wondering where did some of this come from? And I think the biggest key was Keenan Allen, 100 catches, 992 yards, and eight touchdowns. That's Uh, 9.9 yards per catch. That is low number right there, but it shows just how consistent and safe of an option Keenan Allen. is. he's an absolute possession receiver. And that's important that he's got that stud number one. It really is. Look at all the great quarterbacks in fantasy over the last few years. Uh, Even just look at last year. Tyler Murray was second in fantasy points, and he had DeAndre Hopkins. Aaron Rodgers was the MVP with 48, and he had Devontae Adams and Josh Allen. He had this huge step-up year, and what happened to him? He gets Stephon Diggs. So I think, I mean, it's going to sound a little obvious, but if you want to have a good fantasy season at quarterback, you need a stud wide receiver one. You might not need the most depth, as we see with a guy like Rodgers, but you need that one guy to depend on. And oh yeah, he's going to be getting Austin Eckler back, who is a phenomenal weapon out of the backfield. Sure, Austin Eckler is not the greatest running back in the league, but he averaged 4.6 yards per carry last year, which is pretty good considering their offensive line was pretty bad. He was great. He was on pace for 86 catches, 644 yards. He did play in only 10 games. However, that is actually interesting. If you look when he came back from injury later in the season with a little bit more mature Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler helped him out even more and got even more usage. In those final six games, he had 36 receptions, or excuse me, 37 receptions, which puts him on pace for a 99-catch season. So we talk about just how good it is to have those two guys. I think there's definitely a little bit missing there in the fact that they did lose Hunter Henry and missing that tight end. I'm curious to see how he's going to bounce back from that. Um, But one thing I haven't even mentioned yet is he was a rookie, guys. He's going to get better. He has seen more. The game is going to slow down for him. He's going to mature more. He's going to develop a lot. So for me, uh, I love Justin Herbert, and I think this is the perfect spot for him to be ranked. He's not a tier one guy, but he does have huge potential, and I think he's going to have a great season.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not nothing to really add to it. Uh, last year, I kept waiting for the clock site midnight and uh, yeah. and for the fairy tale to end, but the guys continue to produce and be productive, and so I think he surprised a lot of people. And uh, yeah, it looks like he's a very talented young man there. So. All right. Well, we're back to your next pick. Who do you got, Rob? I got Russell Wilson, and uh, quite honestly, uh, so when we did the rankings here, we, we compiled myself, you, and Justin. We come together on this one, and you know, and we we try to come in an agreement. Of course, we always flex a little bit, and we disagree at times. I think that's good. Uh, you know, I probably would have drafted Russell ahead of uh, Herbert, obviously in our rankings there. But whatever. Uh, once again, these are all very talented. Um, don't overthink Russell Wilson. This guy is so good. Um, he's great. You don't have to worry about him at all. You know he's the fourth best quarterback of all time as far as quarterback rating, a career quarterback rating of 101 behind Rodgers, Mahomes, and Watson. Like I said about Watson and, and Mahomes, they've got a pretty small resume or sample size compared to him, um, whatnot. Um, he's got very good wide receivers, and that's a key. You just talked about it a little bit ago. You've got to have good wide receivers. You got to have good weapons, I and mean, he does. Uh, you got Metcalf. This guy's a stud. He's a physical beast. Six four, two four. He's a freak of nature, and I mean that in the, in the best way. This guy's phenomenal. Um, and then you got Lockett, who by the way is a great compliment to one another. Okay, and if you may not know this because you're gonna talk about Metcalf, consider this. Lockett, his last three years combined, okay, when they throw the ball at him, has a quarterback rating combined of 134. Lockett's a very good wide receiver, and so he's got the one two punch there. Um, and Chris Carson has improved his uh, pass catching skills there. He's become a very uh, solid pass catching back out of the backfield. And so I think that gives him some good guys. Now, I think they could use some depth after that, but once again, he's got some solid weapons there. Five of the last six years, he's had over 30 touchdown passes in a career best 40 last year. Now, his rushing touchdowns are down a little bit from the first three years in the league, um, but he'll still grab you an occasional rushing touchdown here and there, and that's a nice bonus to have. Now, if you look at Russell Wilson, his mobility, um, probably a little underrated. Now, uh, if you look at the first three years compared to, last year he had a bump in his rushing yards, but otherwise he'd been down the last few years. Um, but I've got look at what I love as well as his mobility. He may not necessarily go out there and rush for a lot of yards, but what I love watching this guy is he, um, the time he buys in the pocket. Okay? Uh, the guy's phenomenal in mobility to buy time and find receivers down the field. He's so elusive in the pocket. Uh, that allows him to make key plays and buy time to get those deep throws down the field there. And in fact, if you look at it, pro football focus rate him as the number one quarterback when being pressured. You know, this guy's a great back there. Um, now, sometimes the downside of that is you hold on the ball too long, he'll take some hits. With that said, even though he's taken some sacks and all that's been an issue for him, he's very durable. He's never missed a game in the NFL, so uh, he's very durable. you got to like that. Um, last year, had the highest percentage of touchdown passes in the end zone, showing how efficient his attempts are. That's why he was able to put up 40 touchdown passes. I mean, could I go on? I could talk more about Russell Wilson, but uh, this guy's really, really good. Um, what's there to add? What's there to say about this guy?
0: Yeah, and really what it comes down to for me, the only reason that I personally didn't put him higher was looking at last season when he struggled the second half of the year. That wasn't a big concern for me. What was a minor concern for me was that possibly – Pete Carroll would see that and they would do what they did in years past and they would kind of lean on the run more than some of these other quarterbacks. And he may not get as many passing attempts as a Pat Mahomes or some of these other QBs. Again, it was just a few years ago where I think one fifth of their plays, they had a sixth offensive lineman out there where for some reason with Chris Carson, they just ran the ball and ran the ball and they were super efficient in the passing game, but Wilson just didn't get enough volume to be that quarterback one overall. Um, and that I feel like is a, is a possibility for that to happen again, not a guarantee. And even if it does happen, he is still a phenomenal quarterback. Who's going to hit 30 touchdowns. But the question is, you know, does that limit him a little bit? And I, I felt like, yes. So I bumped him down a few spots, but I like what you said earlier on. This is a guy who could easily be three or four spots up in our rankings right now in fantasy. And I guess that's what the rest of the off season is for us to do is to continue working these rankings out and really feel out kind of where we're going to settle on him completely. And I'd honestly love to hear from you guys listening to this and watching this. Um, where would you rank Wilson? Because he's a guy who
1: could he could really go anywhere. Last season was pretty all over the place. Yeah, I think what hurt him, he started up the year so hot last year. He was tearing it up. And uh, I think what happens is the offense got a little off balance, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started forcing the ball downfield, throwing a little bit too much. And I think getting back to a balanced attack, running the ball, opening up play action is actually going to improve his numbers. I think that's why he fell off. And so I think, uh, once again, running the ball a little more may take away his attempts, but could help him with his efficiency. So,
0: All right. So Now I think we got to talk about Lamar Jackson. And here's a guy that I was really excited to talk about because he's sort of like me. Um, and that his football playing is kind of bipolar and so am I, <laughs> uh, but really the Ravens were first in rushing and dead last in passing in total offense last year, first and dead last. I love that. You don't get, you never see such extremes in one offense. So it's really fun to, to look at that, but honestly, there's not a whole lot to say about it. He is a phenomenal runner, the best mobile quarterback in the
1: league. Heck, he is better than the majority of running backs in the league. That's up right there. Probably the best running quarterback in the history of the NFL. I, you Lake. know,
0: I thought about that. I put it in my notes, and I didn't want to say it, but I think he I'll is. Say it. I'll just... say
1: it, and I'll take the hit for it. If you disagree with me, I mean, the guy's been phenomenal. But anyways, go ahead. But let's look at it.
0: 1,000 rushing yards. I think it was like a little over 1,000, but that was first on the Ravens, uh, ninth among all running backs. If you put Lamar in with the running backs, he was the ninth highest rushing yardage guy. He had 6.3 yards per carry, which was first on his team. And if you put him in with the running backs, would have also been first in yards per carry. His seven touchdowns was second on the team and would have been 15th among running backs. And his 56 rushing first downs was first on the team and would have been ninth among running backs. It's insane. This guy is basically an RB1, just and I can't even get it. But there's a flip side to this. His 26 passing touchdowns was tied for 12th. And even worse than that is the volume. His 2,757 yards was worse than Drew Locke, and Drew Locke played two less games. That is bad. Now, I certainly understand that part of it is the offense. They want to run the ball. They have a great defense. They have a phenomenal kicker. You know, they're not going to throw the ball a lot. I get it. But Drew Locke is horrible. You can't be worse than Drew Locke in a passing stat and be too high up our rankings fact of the matter is, if he wasn't hands down the best running quarterback in the league, he wouldn't be a starter, I don't think. And he certainly wouldn't be where he's at in our fantasy rankings. The big concern is, with that much volume in the running game, when does he get hurt? That is a real question. I mean, Dak Prescott, you talked about that earlier. He loves to run. He was making that work for him, but it got him injured. Um... And Dak Prescott doesn't run nearly as much as Lamar does. Now, he's elusive, and the hits he takes are maybe not as direct. And the way that he is able to do it, he's such a fast runner that I don't think he's ever going to take a really crushing blow. But um, I think it's got to happen at some point. And again, you see just just a couple of deficiencies, not quite good in the passing game. I know that part of it is he doesn't have weapons. But it doesn't matter from a fantasy perspective. I don't care if it's because you're a bad thrower or you don't have guys to throw to. Is still not producing the numbers that I quite need you to produce. So that's why he's much lower on this rankings than I know some people would want to put him.
1: Yeah. So we should move on to the next guy. Absolutely. So I got Matt Ryan uh, right now. And so uh, if you look at Matt Ryan, 2016, 2018, he had great seasons. He finally broke a QBR of 100. He had 35 touchdown passes one year, 38 the other. But if you're making an honest evaluation of Matt Ryan, okay, uh, objective look at it all, is what you'd find, that he's a, a good quality quarterback, Um, but he's not a great quarterback. I think that's a pretty fair analysis. We're being honest here, right? Mm -hmm. And his fantasy success, okay, his fantasy success has been tied directly to two things. Um, If you look back at this, one, volume. Uh, We've seen a bump in his production, and it's tied directly to the Falcons' defense. When that defense fluctuates, when that defense has struggled, um, his value has gone up. He's had greater volume, and he's been good. But when the defense has fared well, it's driven down his numbers. Uh, If you look at it, we've seen this consistent pattern. And here's the other major thing that ties directly to success. And this one's the biggest one, okay? His success is tied directly to Julio Jones' health. When Julio missed games last year, he missed seven games. That offense struggled a lot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, he was on pace for about 1,400 yards, and uh, he generates a passer rating last year, 131, okay? So this is a phenomenal wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers of all time. And uh, when they asked um, Matt Ryan about the possible departure of Julio Jones, he went on to say that Julio has probably impacted him in his game, more than any player that he's ever uh, played with. And he played with Tony Gonzalez. So that's <clears throat> that says a lot. Says, says, says a lot. lot. And so to me, that's a really big concern. Once again, this guy's got high risk, high reward. Uh, it's a big concern because Julio Jones has basically come out now in the last couple of days and said he's done in Atlanta. There are very strong indications that they're going to be traded. They're going to wait till after June 1st. And the reason why they're going to wait is to save money against the cap. And so if that happens, he leaves, it's got to plummet Matt Ryan's value. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, um, obviously it lowers his floor a little bit. Now after that, he does have Calvin Ridley, and I think Calvin Ridley's very good, very good wide receiver. In fact, last year he led the NFL with eight 100-yard receiving games. He had a 15 yards per carry reception uh, and three fancy points per touch, which is very good. They have running back Mike Davis, who had 59 catches last year and uh, 6.3 yards per catch, that's very solid there. And they drafted a stud tight end in Pitts, and this guy sounds like he's a phenom. Um, a lot like Metcalf, as far as just off-the-charts metrics uh, could be phenomenal. And they got Hayden Hurst. Um, but here's the thing with tight ends, and we'll talk about this in our tight end video, is that's the one position where tight ends, when they come in the league, historically, it's, it's rookie tight ends don't come in and, and blow it up. And so there's going to be a learning curve there for him, probably. And so um, that's what it really comes down to. Um, he does have some solid weapons. But uh, if Jones leaves, that's got to affect his value. How much? And uh, Before I get into more notes, your thoughts on that? Like how do you fluctuate him if Jones leaves? Yeah, that's just it. Um, With Julio Jones there, he is without a
0: doubt, like he is, he's at least a top eight guy for sure. His ceiling is a top four guy, right, where he can, he could, you know, conceivably because of volume and garbage time stats and his weapons and a lack of a running game and all these factors, he could conceivably have a fantasy season like a Pat Mahomes. He could finish close to 5,000 yards. He could finish 40 touchdowns. He could be that guy. Julio leaves. I still think he's going to hit 30 touchdowns, but that ceiling of maybe hitting 40 is not, for me is not going to happen, right? I think that really takes him down. Now, we see that when Julio was out, Calvin Ridley still had some big games, But what you found was it was forcing the ball his way, a lot of volume. It took till later in the game, desperate fourth quarter plays often. And so you see that that offense as a whole struggled. Calvin Ridley thrived, so a lot of people think that offense thrived, but really it was... Uh, not quite the case so that's really where Matt Ryan is in fact to be honest he could be lower right I think we could really shake this out talk about some talented QBs below this and and he could end up lower but I don't think we're going to pull the trigger on that until Julio is actually gone though I will say we made this order and then Julio Jones came out and said I'm not playing there for sure and so it's not like
1: well yeah I know I'm pretty much certain he's going to maybe drop a few spots yeah you look at uh, concerns from Matt Ryan so last year he had the most drop backs and attempts right that's great That only ended with 26 touchdown passes. That's not that good. We consider that 10 other quarterbacks broke 30. Mm -hmm. Um, He was inconsistent at times. He had eight games where he had zero or only one touchdown pass. Uh, He's a quality quarterback with a moderate floor, and he's shown he can be very good. Uh, But once again, I think we really got to see what this shakes out with the Julio Jones thing before we determine where he's going to be at. So uh, that's where we're at right now with uh, Matt Ryan. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to our next guy.
0: And actually, let's get into our Tier 3. All right, so now we got to start off our Tier 3, and I think the number one Tier 3 guy is Ryan Tannehill. Super efficient. He finished ninth in fantasy scoring among quarterbacks last season, despite being 18th in passing attempts. So again, huge efficiency. He was 3rd in fantasy points per drop back. That's huge. I love that because we see that there is an opportunity to throw the ball more, and if that opportunity does come true, he's going to have the efficiency to capitalize on that. However, with Derrick Henry, you know, 2,000-yard rusher in that backfield, that's probably not going to happen. So I'm certainly not sitting here saying that he has a huge upside um, more than he does. However, I love how creative they get. Again, they're not a huge volume offense, so they get really creative in the end zone. And there's a reason. He actually finished fourth among quarterbacks with seven rushing touchdowns. That tied Lamar Jackson why is that? Not because he's as good of a runner, but because when they get, you know, in the goal line, like they are not going to kick a field goal. They love to capitalize. They love to get creative and find a way to get in the end zone. And they're actually pretty good at it. For me, the big concern is the loss of Johnnie Smith and Corey Davis. Well, Johnnie Smith is really, honestly, not a very big loss. Corey Davis actually is. Last year, he had 984 yards on 15 yards per reception and five touchdowns. But what really concerns me isn't necessarily the stats, as I think sometimes you can find another guy to fill in the stats, but how much they did really rely upon him. He had a 34% target share and a 29% uh, share of their total uh, passing or receiving yards, so to speak. So he was basically a third of that passing game, gone. And while Corey Davis is not a phenomenal wide receiver, he was a very good wide receiver too. And I think he was good enough to keep a little bit of pressure off A.J. Brown and be that guy that when defenses targeted their stud receiver one, they were able to look Corey Davis's way. Corey Davis is gone now. And to be honest, that is a major concern for me about Ryan Tannehill. So for me, uh, I don't think at any point am I going to rank him any higher than this. Is again, he's very efficient. But I have to wonder where that efficiency might go in this situation. You know, how this whole offense is going to look. Um, definitely have some
1: concerns. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I like him. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's a guy that, uh, you know, may not be a sexy pick. You know, you're always looking for some huge upside. But uh, he's, a, he's a quality quarterback. And he, he, for a lot of you, that's exactly what he's going to need to win a championship. He's not going to do anything flashy. He's not going to think great. But he's going to be consistent. And uh, I like him. It's funny uh, that uh, Miami thought that he wasn't the answer. Um, that was Adam Gase, just yeah. putting that one out there for you. Yeah, so um, <laughs> but I think he's a decent pick. So. Let's move on to your next guy, Rob. You have Deshaun Watson Deshaun next. Watson. Why here? This guy is tier one talent. Obviously, no doubt, he is a phenomenal quarterback. Well, obviously, it's the off the field issues. That's why mm-hmm. he's so low at this point. Those off the field issues are no joke at this point. It's looking concerning. Okay, I'd be shocked if he plays this year. And here's another thing that's weird. Talk about off the field issues. It's he's still requesting a trade. I kind of wonder where leverage he thinks that he has at this point. You, you know, think but, you'd just be worried about the whole going to prison thing? Yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, anyway. So that's why he's so low. Um, I suspect he's going to sit this year. We'll wait and see. Uh, So far, the accusations against him are very concerning, but he's far too talented to ignore. You just can't ignore this guy. Um, He uh, finished fourth among uh, quarterbacks in fantasy scoring last year, and uh, if he does play, this is a guy that, of course, you have to have there as a, you know, probably top five or six guy. Um, He led the league with uh, 10,300-yard passing games last year, first with 4,800 passing yards while ending fifth in rushing yards. Um, you know, I could just go on and on. His quarterback rating career-wise, second all-time. In four years, he had 17 rushing touchdowns. His completion percentage is solid at uh, 67.8. You know, it's funny you said, you know, Kyler Murray, right, who mm-hmm. had a great year, but his efficiency wasn't there. You know, athletic, but maybe he needs to work on his passing game. Now with Watson. This guy can run, and he's, he's, a, he's a good quarterback. Yeah. Um, there's really not much to say at this point, except, you know, you're really going to have to keep an eye on that situation to yeah. see what's going to happen. If you're in a dynasty league, um, wouldn't be a bad idea to throw him on your bench. He may sit this year, but, man, you could sit in this guy for an entire year if something were to happen, and, and you, now you got yourself a, a top-five quarterback in the future. But
0: Absolutely. It's all a matter of is he actually going to play. And I tell you what, if things clear up, boom, he's going to skyrocket up this list like a few other guys that could. Yeah. But at this point, I'm going to drop him down because, you know, if I'm drafting in a league, like I'm not going to take a risk on that. I don't think that's really worth it. I know that I'm good enough at drafting, that I'm going to find talent elsewhere. I'm going to be just fine. There's other quarterbacks. Um, But moving on, I want to talk about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he struggles in big games, and he struggles against good teams, and he doesn't have mobility, and he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Let's forget all of that. Let's just ignore all of those clearly not important things. (laughs) Finished 11th in fantasy last season, which made him a starting quarterback. He had 35 passing touchdowns, which was sixth among quarterbacks, which is Kind of surprisingly high. Look at that number again in a year where it was very competitive and a lot of quarterbacks produced huge. But of course he did. Justin Jefferson had the best rookie receiving season that I have ever really watched, honestly. He was phenomenal. From day one, he was running routes that made him look like a veteran wide receiver. And speaking of veteran wide receivers, his other guy is Adam Thielen, who... Just about any team in the league would be ecstatic to have the Adam Thielen as their wide receiver one, and yet he's kind of like wide receiver one and a half, where they kind of both split that role as the guy. Oh yeah, and don't forget Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. He's got phenomenal weapons. He does, and he's throwing for volume because the Vikings' defense allowed the fourth most points per game. They averaged 29.7 points per game allowed, which is horrible, and the sixth most yards of offense, so yeah. When that defense was that bad and you've got those weapons, it's really hard not to imagine that those touchdowns are going to come, those garbage time stats are going to come. You may not like Kirk Cousins, but this is a very safe pick. Because people think Cousins is a bad QB, they ignore him as a fantasy quarterback, and you're able to get a
1: draft steal out of him for sure. That it, huh? That's it. I that's mean, what it, else so is there really to say? Say, you know, yeah. Forget all that talk. This is fancy numbers, matter. I don't care if it's garbage time stats. Numbers are numbers. You're right, and he produces for you. So, absolutely. Look back at Blake Bortles. He had 30 passing touchdowns one year. It was yeah, like he did. 32 total.
0: Um, that's the power of garbage time stats. Garbage time stats make a garbage quarterback
1: look like diamond in the rough. But uh, uh, let's go to your next guy. Yeah, we're talking talk about Trevor Lawrence at this point. So I'm, I'm the old guy in the group here. You know, you and Justin are in your 20s. You know, I'm in my 40s. Um, I'm an old school guy. I'm always gun shy about a rookie quarterback. Uh, I, I just am. But you guys uh, liked him. You ranked him a little bit higher. And, uh, you know, it's probably my old school way of thinking. But sometimes my conservative approach hurts me. Mm-hmm. I'm a guy that, man, I like a guy that I can trust. Um, but things are changing in the NFL. And I think the learning curve for quarterbacks coming out of college in the NFL has changed. College football now has evolved. Mm-hmm. And offenses in college are a lot closer to NFL offenses. That means that leaves quarterbacks a lot better prepared to come in the league and be successful. And we saw that recently. You talk about Herbert or even you know, Baker Mayfield his rookie year. And so uh, this guy comes in um, and he's got a lot of talent and he's in a great position to be successful. Um, I think he's going to be a great volume play. I, I think that's huge. You know, may throw a lot of picks, uh, may make a lot of mistakes. But I think he's on a defense there that's horrible. Last year, the Jags were 31st in the league, allowing 30.8 points per game. I mean, they're going to play catch up a lot. This guy's going to have to throw the ball. He's gonna have a lot of the passing attempts. Um, he's got a running back that they drafted. He's got great hands there. You know, he um, say Etney is how you say his name. Uh, Etn Etn. I know Etn. that's not at all Etn. what
0: I would have thought. I'm happy I Etn. heard someone else say
1: it first, so yeah, I could pretend to so be smart. Etn, anyways. Um, you know, someone's going to just slaughter me over not getting that right. Whatever. I don't. Well, care. you're an idiot. So. I'm an idiot. So just chalk that up there. <laughs> But, anyways, uh, got this quality running back, great hands. He's got some wide receivers that are decent. They brought in Marvin Jones. And, D- you know, DJ Chark has shown that he's got a lot of potential. In fact, uh, I had DJ Chark last year, and it killed me to see uh, Gardner Minshew and some of these guys just uh, yeah. brutal. So, anyways, um, currently he's ranked 14th. Um, so he's not in the top 12, which is kind of like that line the way I was kind of cut off. Um, personally, I'll probably draft somebody before him. But I tell you what, you got to watch this guy really closely mm-hmm. because he has tremendous upside. Absolutely. If for some reason he's
0: in free agency, if he's not drafted, I'm watching that first game because you know what? It's Justin Herbert again. If he goes out his first game and he gets three touchdowns, I am picking him up in every league. I mean, really, I am. Let's move on to the next guy because I think a lot of you who may not have even noticed want to know why this is where we have Joe Burrow ranked. I think a lot of people are a little bit, you know, going to be surprised. He's the first overall pick. He's phenomenal. And oh my goodness, he was playing so great before he got hurt. Let's break down the stats. His 16-game pace was 4,300 yards. That is pretty good. And he was on pace for 227 rushing yards and 4.8 rushing touchdowns. That's pretty good. However, he was on pace for just 20.8 passing touchdowns. So he would have finished the year with a total of about 25 to 26 total touchdowns. Total touchdowns. In a year where quarterbacks are getting 10 rushing touchdowns and 30, 35 passing touchdowns, that's just not good enough. And it might not have been his fault, but man, there were some struggles there. Just 6.7 yards per attempt and 3.8 yards per carry. The efficiency wasn't there. He wasn't making the plays. Um, I think he had some games where he played really well. And I want to be honest, he looked good. But I think the Cincinnati offense as a whole has some issues. Their offensive line was fifth worst in pass blocking. And they had the most pressures over Joe Burrow's time. So when Joe Burrow was playing, they were on pace for 209 pressures on the season. That was worst among all offensive lines. Uh, finally, bad receivers, 17.4% drop percentage was the worst drop percentage that any quarterback had to deal with last year. So you got a bad offensive line, wide receivers who are dropping the ball and you're struggling to be efficient. And oh yeah, you didn't find the end zone as much as other quarterbacks. Guys, Joe Burrow is going to be fine. He's going to have a good NFL career, but he is not a good fantasy option for this season, at least as of right now.
1: So I got Matthew Stafford here. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Finally, he gets to play with a coach who's got a great offensive mind to make base. So we'll see what those two can do together. You know, back in 2011, he had 41 touchdown passes. Um, but other than that, he's really been bogged down on a bad Lions team. If we can say that, the Lions just haven't been good. It's been a long time since they've been a quality team. And this is his first real opportunity to show his full potential. And it uh, feels like he's been in the league forever, doesn't it? But he's still only mm-hmm. 33 years old. and For quarterback, that means he's got a lot of years left there. And you got Cooper Cup, you got Woods. Um, they're very underrated wide receivers. In fact, I love Cooper Cup. I think people don't realize how talented that guy really is. I'm excited to see what he can do uh, now that he has a quality quarterback there. Well, we saw glamp, you know, glimpses last year what Cam Anchors can do. And so I think he's got some good weapons around him. Got a good coach. They brought in Deshaun Jackson. Um, I don't know if he's got any gas left in the tank there at age 34, but I think he's going to be a decent, uh, I would say, three to four wide receiver down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, not going to be the dominant receiver he once was, but a decent option there. In redraft leagues, I'd consider drafting Matthew Stafford higher. Obviously, you've got to fluctuate that because, you know, we're also considering dynasty rankings. But in redraft leagues, I would take Matthew Stafford higher. Um, He's a very quality, safe option with a safe floor. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And he's a guy who, throughout his career, has capitalized
0: on matchup. You might not draft him to be your starter, but you know that against a bad defense, he's going to capitalize. That's what he's done throughout his career. Struggled against good defenses and just crushed bad ones. I I Honestly, I could see that continuing. But... I want to talk about Baker Mayfield now, and I'm going to break it down plain and simple. The Browns use him as a game-managing quarterback. They have two phenomenal running backs. If both of those guys were on basically any team in the NFL, those running backs would be the starter, and they would be awesome. They'd be top six fantasy options, the both of them. You have got one of the best combination backs in rushing and receiving and Kareem Hunt, Oh, yeah, and you've got one of the best, if not the best, pure runner in Nick Chubb. That is a solid one-two punch out of the backfield. Combine that with their defense. Why not run the ball and play defense? You'd be an idiot to throw the ball a lot, and it has nothing to do with Baker Mayfield. There's just higher chances for turnovers, mistakes, and quick drives that get shut down when you throw the ball. So they're just going to keep doing what they were doing because look back at last year, guys. It was working. It was working. So Baker Mayfield, I think as far as, you know, quarterback ability goes, this is not where I'd rank him as a pure QB, but as a fantasy quarterback, this is exactly where he needs to be. Let's pass it to you for the next guy. Cause honestly, I think
1: that's all I got to say. on. That. Yeah. I'll talk about Carson Wentz. Where's that here? Former first round pick. Um, I love him here. And, uh, uh, he went to the new team there, the Colts, and they really like him. So far, an insider actually went on to say that he actually is smarter than most of their coaches. So he's very astute to the game. As a quarterback, you gotta understand that part of the game there. This is a guy who went from being beloved in Philadelphia to being criticized and surrounded by controversy. Last year I had 15 picks, that's not good. But this is a guy, if you go back, had back to back season with a quarterback rating over hundred. He was a clear front run MVP in 2017. They were atop the NFC on pace for 41 touchdown passes. He had 33 before he tore his ACL. They were going 11-2. and two. I mean, this guy was your darling uh, of the NFL, and people forget how quickly that was. It uh, wasn't that long ago, anyways, that yeah. he was there. Um, he's at age 28, um, and that's just a young pup in terms of a quarterback. He's still in his prime. Um, if you look at 2019, this is a guy that almost single handedly willed them into the playoffs. He had 27 touchdown passes, and most of his weapons were shelved. His offensive line was struggling. The last five games were really must wins for them, and he had a 10 touchdown to one interception ratio down the stretch there. And like I said, a lot of his weapons were gone. He was actually playing. His number one wide receiver, as a practice squad player, Greg Ward, became his number one option. You know, he had Jeffrey out. And so, I mean, this guy really did some phenomenal things. Now, he's had been criticized that he force feeds the tight ends. Um, but it's hard to blame him when he hasn't had a lot of weapons, why he's done yeah. that necessarily. Yeah. So um, he did struggle last year, and I think there's a lot of factors as to why he struggled. And why I think he started to force it down the field, he put some pressure on himself. But I think his struggles go beyond him. That team was in disarray. They let go of a head coach who, by the way, a couple years before that, had won a Super Bowl. So that just kind of tells you uh, or gives you indications just how dysfunctional that team was. I don't think it was just Carson Wentz, honestly. Now I was playing for the Colts. Um, is he a stopgap for them? Is a draft and develop a guy? Is this a high risk move for them? I actually love the pick, and I tell you, what, as a Vikings fan, I'd actually prefer him over Kirk Cousins. Yeah, honestly. I would too. I think there's a major upside there. His early uh, average draft position is 17th coming off the board. Um, but he's got solid weapons. You know, T.Y. Hilton is a solid bet, not the wide receiver one he was a few years ago, but I think he's solid. And then you got Michael Pittman, who showed promise last year, a six foot four. I think he's a nice complement to Hilton. He's got Taylor running back with good hands. Hines is an excellent pass catching back. In fact, last year, Pro Football Focus said he was the number one um, pass catching back in the NFL. You had in Toil and, and Cox tight end there. And, and so these are serviceable weapons that he has there. Um, in a league where quarterbacks are premium, Um, I think that they've got a a decent guy there. And one more thing, last year he sacked 50 times in 12 games. The offensive line was a mess, but I only know it goes to the Colts team and pro football focus says that their offensive line is number one in the NFL, and so that's going to be a huge upgrade for him. Absolutely. When you have no one to throw to and no offensive line and your defense
0: uh, stinks, so you're desperate for points, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. It's called trying to be a hero when your team has been asking you to do it for three years in a row. Go to a team now where it's the opposite they actually have the defense in place. They've got two solid running backs who offer two very different play styles and an elite best of the best offensive line. That is a perfect situation to be in. They're going to use them very well. The fantasy stats may not be there, but I think this year will prove that Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than I think a lot of people give him credit for. But now I want to talk about my last guy, and that is Sam Darnold. Uh, Guys, Mel Kuyper said that if Sam Darnold was in this year's draft, he would be the second prospect behind Trevor Lawrence still. And that's even after seeing the struggles there. And honestly, let's be honest, those struggles were probably mostly down to the fact that he played for the Jets and his coach was Adam Gase and he had no weapons and he had no offensive line. It was kind of a mess. Now he's going to a team with the best weapons he's ever had and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and oh yeah, Christian McCaffrey, a back who will keep defenses honest and help him out of the backfield. Heck, he is one of the best receivers in the league if you put him at receiver. Plus also, you know, he's a great runner. So there's so many weapons there. It is an improvement at the offensive line. Not a huge one, but definitely a noticeable improvement. This is a huge confidence boost. But ultimately for me, I think that he is better than Teddy Bridgewater at stretching down the field, making big plays and testing defenses a little bit deep. So I think the big fantasy impact from him going there is well, that he is going to be able to help those guys like DJ Moore hopefully take that next step in their fantasy game. Uh, And I do find it huge that Panthers traded Teddy Bridgewater to the Denver Broncos. I think that says a lot about how they feel about him and the fact that they didn't draft a guy like he is going to be the quarterback. Again, not huge fantasy numbers here from his perspective, but maybe he'll help out those receivers in being a better quarterback than they've had in the past.
1: I'll pass it to you for our last guy to round out our top 20. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to go like this, but uh, Derek Carr. Uh, this guy is overlooked and underrated. Okay, you know, he had 32 touchdown passes his second year in the league. 32 is really good. He was on pace for 30 in year three. He had back-to-back years with quarterback Reno of 100. But if you look at it and you're honest, this guy hasn't had a lot of good weapons around him. He hasn't had a lot of consistency at wide receiver. Now, uh, the one thing that they did in the office is they added John Brown and Drake, and I think that gives him some good weapons there. That should be a nice compliment. Some young wide receivers that need to develop but add some stability uh he's a great streaming option he's not a guy that i'd want to draft and roll every week with but uh, you keep your eye on this guy he'd be a great streaming option in very deep leagues i'd say teams over 14 he's a very solid play well i was going to say we have played in an 18 team league before um
0: if you're ever in an 18 team league then hey you've got some options (laughs) but um really we're looking at our quarterback 20 here um so to be honest Derek carr here at 20 is, is really not that bad the quarterback position is so deep with talent that you might be talking about us in this video and saying, you know, why is he here? He's not that good. But again, it's a 20. We don't have him ranked high. He's not even near the starting level. So it's not a problem. I don't think he's a great fantasy option. Um, But yeah, some people do hate on him um, a little bit more than maybe they should. But again, I think this is right where he deserves to be. so that rounds out our top 20 of our 1.0 quarterback rankings. I'm really excited to get to our running backs in mm-hmm. one of our next couple of videos and talk about it. hopefully maybe our top 20, 24. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't ironed out the details about that. But this was a lot of fun learning out about a lot of stats. So I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. And if you have anything that we didn't talk about about these guys, please let us know um, so we can continue to add those stats to our, you know, kind of just books of all this information
1: that we have stored up about these guys. Yeah, I think that's it. I can't wait. Uh, It's good to be back and do some videos, talk some football. Anyways, uh, click, uh, subscribe, like, share, you name it. You know what to do. Help us get the word, get the momentum back, and we're excited to continue uh, working with you guys. Have a great day, and God bless.